you had a passion. Don't give up on the passion. Be strategic about it. And here's the thing we talked about before. I said 12 years, but we're going to live a long life. The people listening to this are probably younger than me. I'm 41. They're going to go, I want to make all this money in the next three to five years, but you've probably got 50 years to go. So giving someone three to five years as an entrepreneurial apprenticeship is this much of your journey. So be smart about it. Be calculated about it. Go find a way to make it work and learn and leverage. And then the first time you go do that thing, you're going to be so much better prepared. Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson. Each week, I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dreaming Out Loud with your host, me, Morgan T. Nelson. Look, guys, before we get started in today's interview, I'm obligated to share something with you that's been a complete freaking game changer to my life. If you want to grow any kind of business or grow yourself, grow your income or pursue your dream, do you know where it all actually starts? It starts with your health. So your outer world is a direct reflection of your inside world. So when you're thinking clearer and sharper, and you're feeling healthier, happier, and you've got more energy and vitality, everything around you starts to amplify. So that's why I have one of these bad boys every single day. It's called BEA or a beer is what I call it. It stands for botanical energy and adaptogens. So guys, this is straight up the world's healthiest energy drink. It's been a complete game changer in my life and my business. It's jam-packed full of all the good stuff that our bodies actually need every single day. And it has a full serving of vegetables, but tastes nothing like it, thank God. Right? That's pretty good. Uh, it's so freaking easy. I love it. It's so easy to be able to swap this out for a coffee. Like I used to be a coffee fanatic, energy drink fanatic, and this is just way, way, way better to swap it out for these things. You know, when I used to be a carpenter, I lived off energy drinks because I knew that I needed it to get through the big days of work. Otherwise, I'd just crash out. But I also knew the damage it was doing to my body every single day. And if I continued doing it, I knew that ultimately my life would just start to get even worse than what it was. So I'm so freaking stoked that now I've got my hands on this drink, that it's got a nourishing blend of raw nutrients sourced from whole fruit, fruits, and vegetable ingredients, guys. And it's got none of the bad stuff that ruins the insides of your bodies. So if you guys want to grab your case of BEA, then jump in the link of this episode right now and you're going to get 25% off as one of my listeners. All right, jump in right now, grab yours and come and share a can with me. All right, now let's get into this interview. Okay, today's guest is an Australian entrepreneur and founder of the world's largest education seminar company, Success Resources, which has a database of over 6.7 million clients, including me actually. <laughs> he has started nine different businesses, which has collectively turned over more than $1.7 billion and has one successfully listed on the Australian Stock Exchange. Before COVID, Success Resources was successfully running over 500 entrepreneurial events per year in Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, Malaysia, South Africa, USA, Europe, and the UK, turning over $100 million per year and has been doing so for the past 20 odd years. So please help me welcome the guy who went from undercutting the school vending machine, selling chocolates to all the other kids to now a multiple business owner and founder of the world's largest education seminar company, having guests on his stages from all around the world with people like Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, 
Sarah Blakely, Gary Vaynerchuk, Sir Richard Branson, Robert Kiyosaki, and so many more. My friend, Mr. Michael Lane, what's good? <laughs> Mate, what an intro. Thank you so much. It's great to be on the show. I, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, spending some time with you. So it's cool. Hey, thank you so much for coming on. And that's, uh, I, I got such a giggle out of hearing that, that little story first of under, selling chocolates at school, going to wheeling and dealing chocolates, undercutting the, the vending machine. Uh, that's freaking awesome because I, nearly every single person I bring on the show, I just always ask them like, what, what was the first little thing you did? And most of them are always like, it wasn't a job. It's like, I was just doing some little hustle. And um, yeah, it's just freaking awesome. I love it. Michael, I'd love to uh, kind of dive straight into man, like success resources. Like I've, I've heard about this for so many, like I've been to multiple, multiple of your, your events, uh, in Singapore around Australia. I've done so much and I personally love everything you guys bring and do. I'm curious though, did it always start? Was this always the big dream for you? Was it always to create a massive event company like this or did it kind of just come out of nowhere and evolve into, I'd love to kind of hear a bit about it. Yeah, look, no, I I wish I could say that, I knew I wanted to do this from an early age and that just wasn't the case. I didn't know I wanted to be successful from an early age. I knew that. I did know that I wanted to make money from an early age, but as time went on, I didn't realize how much of an impact I wanted to make. Um, You know, your dreams evolve, your niche passions, you know, start to roll into this bigger dream, bigger desire. And, um, even when I was running this business a decade ago, it wasn't as, you know, big and wasn't as exciting a vision as I have now. So, you know, that, that just continues to evolve over time. And, um, you know, I think there's different stages in business where you go, wow, we did our first million. Then you're like, we made our first million because we all know that entrepreneurs you can turn over a million doesn't mean you're going to make and we'll keep that money. Then you go, wow, we did a hundred million. And then you, you get to a point where you're like, okay, cool. If it was all about the money, we probably would have sold it and made a heap of money and be sitting on a beach somewhere. And that's a fantasy. I don't believe that happens for entrepreneurs because you go have that first two pina coladas on the beach and you realize there's all these new ideas and things you'd love to do. So for me, you know, even at a billion dollars turnover that we did, you know, in the business, we were like, this is fun. But now in the last three years, it's kind of like, what's the difference we can make? What's the impact we can make? And how far can we take this? So no, it never started out with this. You know, my journey to get to here was harrowing. I, I, I stuffed up so many businesses. I look back now and go, oh my God, that was never going to work. What was I thinking? Um, so you roll into it, you evolve and you, you figure it out along the way and you get to a point where you realize the money isn't the thing. And it's the, it's the joys of speaking to someone and going, I've been to your events. You know, I just, my whole day today is all podcasts. I, I choose one day a month to do a podcast. And the last gentleman goes, you know, your event changed my life. And I'm like, my event didn't change your life. I appreciate you saying that you changed your life by making a decision to take the information and go change your life. So it's, it's cool, but there's so much more we can do. And I'm pumped up to, to spend this decade impacting a billion people through education. And that's what I'm passionate about. I love it. Can you remember your first event? Was there like just your mum and a friend there or how many people were in there? 
So my first event was one I paid for and I had to go and I went and attended and it changed everything for me. The thought of paying, I paid six grand back in the day. Oh my God, I can't believe I paid that. And, but it changed my life. It was three days. I was up at the Hunter Valley, just north of Sydney. It got me out of my comfort zone. I was, I was budding up with somebody in a room and we shared a room. and didn't even know who it was. And it fully immersed myself in this thing. And by the end of the three days, it was like, you know, you can go do, be, have whatever you want, as long as you find a way to add value. And, uh, and that was that. But here's, a, here's a, a trick. I actually bought into this business. I'm not the founder of it. So I think that's important for people to know is that I started many businesses and failed many businesses. This business back in the 2000s, we were doing three events a year. And I bought into it when we were turning over about 8 million bucks. So it's still, still a decent business. I turned over 8 million, um, three events. And then, you know, by then there was plenty of people coming, but you know, there was, there was plenty of times where we'd put events on and to be honest, they were horrible. No one turned up, three people turn up, you know, I, I could tell you some horror stories, but you know, just like any business and any venture, it's never going to be like that. It's never going to be, you know, straight to scaling up and amazing. There's ups and downs and, you know, things that happen. So uh, I've experienced it all, but um, yeah, it's, it's the journey and that's what we sign up for. I love it. So did you, did you kind of come into this business because of your love for self-development and like wanting to teach people or did you kind of see it as like, this is a great, like just good business? No, I, a couple of things. I'd started several businesses in the past um, one of those, and I, and I actually worked for this company or an early iteration of it, um, on the phones. And I always did really well, you know, you know, for example, I could bring in a quarter million a month in revenue for the business and take home 25 grand. And, and that was great. And it was like, huh, I come at nine, finish at five, take home 25 grand a month, leave all the troubles of a business behind. And mate, at that time I'd come out of rough businesses. I come out of having, you know, salespeople and staff and the harrowing experience of running a business. So the thought of coming in here, making some money and going home was great. But then at some point I went, you know what, I'm going to buy the business. And that's, and that's what happened. So um, I knew that, through all the other businesses that I had had, I was never as passionate as I was about this business, but that, that piece that, that passion just evolved. And um, yeah, that's why I'm still here and I still love it. I love it. You, you said before, um, you know, it was you that went to the event and you chose to actually create the change and everything like that. And throughout, you know, you run 500 odd events a year for the last 20 something years. So you've seen millions and millions and millions of people coming through, right. But still only such a small percent of people actually go out there, execute and create massive freaking things while the massive majority are living the exact same life a year from now. What do you think's the difference between those two people? Many, 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 many different things. But if to, to bring value for you in the audience today, um, I'll find two or three that are probably most important. Um, the person who makes something big compared to the other person is somebody who is willing to risk it all, is willing to go, you know what? That thing that I want to create is so important to me. 
Um, in Australia, we have a great lifestyle. I mean, I'm looking out my window now. I've got yachts, mega yachts walk going past at the moment. You, you know, we, we have a great environment. You don't need to push that hard if you want to. There's a lot of people who have a good life and they'll settle for that good life. But if you want that great life, if you want that, you know, that creme de la creme, you need to give decades of your time to that. And some people just don't want to do that. So that's one thing. The second thing is some people are passionate and some people are obsessed. The ones who are obsessed are the ones who make it work. They're going to get up every day. They're going to go at 18 hours a day for seven days a week for 12 years, not 10, 12 years. And they're going to do whatever it takes. They're the ones who create massive change and they're the ones who be remunerated for that. Um, there's plenty of other nuances in that, you know, I don't believe you can create huge success without an amazing team. You know, I've got 252 staff just in this business, not other businesses who scale my ideas and crazy habits and, and, and do that. You can't do 1.7 billion in this business and do it by yourself. It's never going to happen. Yet people love the idea of having one or two persons in their team and that's okay as well. So I, I, I could give you a laundry list of different things, um, but there are a couple of the things that I think are most important if you truly want to scale. Mm. It's almost so like this day and age, especially my generation and the generation, like I'm 27, the generation after me, the young, the even younger people now, it's such yeah. a generation where people want things right now. They want instant gratification. And that's the way we've kind of been brought up with technology. And you can talk to Alexa or Google or Siri and you get it straight away. And uh, like two day delivery and people want things so fast. And I see, and I'm sure you would as well. So many people just start and finish, like start and stop and start and stop and try these different things. How, how can we kind of, help people, I guess, understand that any kind of business or anything worthwhile is a long, like you said, 12 years, but 12 years could also be a really long time if you're not sure if it's the right vehicle for you. So I guess, how can you help somebody understand if what they're doing is the right thing that they should be doing so they yeah. can go all in on it? And how, how can they break away from this instant gratification? Great question. Um, here's the thing I always say to young entrepreneurs is, can you dedicate 20 years to this if you don't get it right for the first 18 years? Now that usually scares the hell out of most people, right? Cause they go, God, no, I couldn't do this for 20 years. Okay. So you're doing it for the money, right? Well, the money, but I'm passionate about it. You're more passionate about the money than the thing. But here's the thing. If you're passionate about it, you'll wake up every day and want to do it. And you could do it for 50 years, not 20. But if you can't give yourself 20 years to do this, then it's, you're not that passionate about it. And then here's the challenge. If you're not that passionate about it, you won't monetize it. So it's actually a very, very easy conversation for anyone listening now is go, would you give yourself 20 years to make this work? If the answer's no, then it's not that important to you. If the answer's like, yeah, I could get up every day and do that. And even if I'm making you know, 35 grand a year, five, 50 grand a year. I could still do it. Yes, what? That's the start of you identifying your passion. But here's the thing. It's not going to take you 20 years. It'll take you about 12. And I think that's a very important lesson, a piece of the puzzle is that people will tell you you can have it in three to five. You just can't. If you do, you are 0.111 of a percent uh, who do that. Why, think, is it why is it 12 years? Is there something special about that? 
everyone says 10 years. I always think it takes you, you know, 20% longer than you think it will. Um, here's my philosophy, and, and this may scare some people, or it might be just the reality that you need. The first two years is going to be diabolical. You're going to be going, what am I doing? How did, how did I get here? I'm excited, but there's no money. I'm, there's money, but there's no profit. There's profit, but there's no dividend. How do you make it work? And then you'll get to five years and you'll go, wow, we actually made it. We've got a little bit of runs on the board and we've got some team and we've got some systems and we've got a few people here who know what they're doing. We've turned over a heap of people. We've lost a partner. We had to raise money. The first five is tough. Five to 10 is where you start to go, we've got seven figures here. We either need to raise money or we need to do something to, to scale it. You'll then start to go, we need CRMs. We need all this. We need stuff to be able to take this to another level. 10-year mark, you'll start to go, huh, I've weathered a decade in this. And hopefully you're at eight figures by now. And you start to see some traction. Doesn't mean you make any money, by the way. You can do eight figures and not make any money personally as a business owner. You might pay yourself a quarter of a million and think that's cool, but you haven't really created wealth, right? And then something happens in that 10 to 12 year where you get someone to replace you. And you go, the the penny will drop and you go, I don't need to actually be in here every day to make this work. That person who's been with me for seven years is now running it. And I can go off and do that thing at 3 p.m. It's okay. You start to get a bit of your life back. You start to go, well, hold up. I've got time now to strategize. And you start to bring in that third to fifth revenue stream. And that third to fifth revenue stream is built off the fact that you've got a solid system, marketing, sales team, and all this, that the scale you get from that third and fifth revenue stream starts to get you that profit, starts to get you that dividend, starts to get you all that. So there's a, a long-winded answer, but I think that's been my experience and I've interviewed a lot of people on their journey and something happens at that 10 to 12-year mark. Now, I'm 18 years in. Um, and, and, and then a lot can happen at that point. But I think that's the thesis that people need to take and understand that it's going to take you longer than you think. It's going to be tougher than you think. But if you last 10 to 12, preferably 12 years, you'll start to see time, money, and a bit of scale for you to be able to take it to another level. And that's the real success because here's the thing at the end of the day, and I'm on Clubhouse at the moment. I don't know if you're listening on Clubhouse or if there's anyone on Clubhouse, but I keep saying to people who go, how do you scale your businesses? When you know you don't need to show up and you're not responsible for the revenue, you've start to got a good business, right? I know if I go home now for three weeks, this business will keep bringing in revenue every day. doesn't need me to bring in revenue. That's a key part in an entrepreneur's journey. And I think that happens after the, 10th year, but it's definitely closer to the 12th. Mm. What would be your advice to somebody who's looking to start an events company? Like where, where do you start with all this? Like you, I know you came in when it was kind of already going, but you've completely freaking blown it. So where does it, uh, where do you all start? Look, it doesn't matter whether you start an events company or any company. I think you need to, you know, one, let's assume you've found your passion, right? And, and you're like, Michael, I'm all in. Now let's assume you haven't jumped ship from your paid job because I'm big on doing your entrepreneurial apprenticeship. And that is, well, if let's take the, the notion that someone wants to start an events company, 
the first thing you would do is you'd knock on my door and you'd go, I'm going to be in competition against you in the next three to five years, but I want to come and work with you to understand how it all works. And I'll be like, cool. I'll show you everything I got. We even have a program in here where we, we positively exit our staff to go do the thing they want to do. Um, because the entrepreneurial journey is tough and I want you to give me three to five years and do your entrepreneurial apprenticeship. And I'll take you through the 10 things that every entrepreneur needs to know before they exit and go do their thing passionately. But go do your entrepreneurial apprenticeship, find a mentor, get into that business uh, and understand ups, downs, the, the cool things and the things you're going to hate and, and understand it before you put your hard earned money into something. Here's a quick example. Um, where are you based? What city are you based in? I'm on the Gold Coast. Okay. Love the Gold Coast. Let's say you're on Cavill Avenue and you've got a cafeteria. You've got a cafe or you've got something there and you go, it's my passion to, to own that cafe. Here's what most people do. They leave their job. They leave their certainty of money and all the things they've been used to. They then take their savings and probably put money on credit cards and even borrow some money off a family or a family member. They put everything into that shop. They buy the, the, the coffee machine that's five grand instead of three grand. They deck it out, it's amazing. Then day one, they open the, the shutter, they go, let's see what happens. And they wait for traffic to come in. Yet they haven't gone and done a, been a barista in someone else's one on the weekends outside of their job. They haven't gone in there and sat down and interviewed 10 other cafe owners and said, what are the five things I must know before I open my cafe? They haven't canvassed the area enough to know, well, what is the, the, the fruitful area of being here as opposed to somewhere else? And they just open. And here's the harrowing thing. Nine months later, there's no money coming in. They put all their passion in and they have to wind up that shop and they now in debt, it, it's ruined the next five years of their life. They can't borrow money to buy a house. They can't do the things. So it's my mission to try and help entrepreneurs. Once they've found that passion, don't just jump into it. You know what I mean? Plan, strategize, entrepreneurial apprenticeship, interview people in the area, interview cafe owners, find the pitfalls, do your apprenticeship. And then when you're ready, finally jump in. And do you know the statistics of people who do that, who go on and build amazing businesses? It's through the roof. You know, there's so many people whose businesses, they just don't have, they don't have the, the patience to do that. And they wonder why it didn't work. Like me, I was the same. So I think that's an important lesson for people and a good example to understand before you go and take that leap. Mm. I think the biggest thing so many people struggle with is actually asking for help, you know, which is, it's not like, I, I don't understand how, cause like I, somebody asked me the other day, they even asked me, they said, um, Oh, do you think a McDonald's friend, like, I don't know why the fuck they're asking me, but I've never, do you think a McDonald's franchise is a good business model? I'm like, well, you know, I think so. It looks pretty freaking amazing. Right. And they asked us just like, well, where would you start? I said, I would go get a job at McDonald's. They go and understand exactly the ins and the outs and everything of exactly how every single thing is done. And because that just makes sense to me. And if I was going to do that, I would go and ask every single person that's killing it in that industry for help. And I know, and I've had mentors say to me that that's a good thing, but, and I, and I know it is, but I think so many people struggle to actually say, 
Hey, I need help with this. Or, Hey, can I have some help with this? But that's just the biggest thing. Like, did you ever struggle with that? Or is it, cause I know in business, so many people can get stuck in ego where it's like, no, I'm just going to do it all myself or. Oh mate, I absolutely. I joined, um, I don't know if you've heard a thing called YPO. It's young oh. presidents organization. Have you heard of EO? No. So there's EO and YPO. EO is you've got to be turning over more than 2 million and you get into a community and you network and you have mentors for people at the same level as you. Well, I joined YPO and you got to do more than 20 million US dollars a year. And then you get put into groups and you do networking things. We do events, we do all of this stuff, but it's in a forum and an environment where you can share that because here's the thing. It's hard to curate good people at your level in something unless it's not structured. So YPO is great for that. But if you, if you're not at that level, you need to find people that can, you know, help you on your journey. To be honest, mate, here's a really simple strategy for everyone. Find a buddy, somebody who resonates at the same level as you, who you can get on a Zoom with every week and hold each other accountable. You can be in completely different industries, but you're both at the same level. And you go, you know what? Every Friday at 6 p.m., let's have a beer. We'll get on to Zoom and we're going to hold each other accountable and go, you know what? Last week, you told me these five things. Have you done them? Well, I've done four of them. Not good enough. You need to do the five. And now you swap and go, how did you go with your five things? Did you get it done? Hold each other accountable. Do you mean entrepreneurialism can be lonely as hell, but it doesn't have to be. If you can have a buddy who can hold each other accountable, it's a start. Then you know what you do? You find a third one, a fourth, a fifth, and all of a sudden now, instead of paying 20 grand like I do a year on for YPO, you've got this, you know, you've got this group of people who hold each other accountable and talk about the journey and it's a safe environment. You don't have to spend heaps of money on it, but you're right. Most entrepreneurs bottle it up and then they go, you know what? It's not working. I'm going to go back and get a job. Hmm. And that doesn't serve anyone. No, unless you're going to become a barista, like somebody still needs to make my coffee, right? <laughs> hey, we need baristas. We do. Um, but, but again, the lesson here is you had a passion. Don't yeah. give up on the passion. Be strategic about it. And here's the thing we talked about before. I said 12 years, but we're going to live a long life. The people listening to this are probably younger than me. I'm 41. They're going to go, oh, I want to make all this money in the next three to five years. But you've probably got 50 years to go. So giving someone three to five years as an entrepreneurial apprenticeship is this much of your journey. So be smart about it. Be calculated about it. Go find a way to make it work and learn and leverage. And then the first time you go do that thing, you're going to be so much better prepared. I think Gary V says it well. Most people are in the first quarter of a four-quarter game, yet they're wanting to, they're wanting to win the Super Bowl, right? So... You know, you, you need to figure out how you look at a long-term view and that's where you have to, is this really a passion? Is it 20 years? If so, three years is not going to be a problem. Yeah. You mentioned before that before people go out into the entrepreneur world, there's 10 things they must know. What are those things? There's so many. Um, there's, there's so many things and I've got a list of, of, of what they look like. I'll give you a quick snapshot, right? In our company, we do have this entrepreneurial program where you give me amazing value in the business and I'll help you go do the thing you want to do. So that's the positively exit strategy that I have. You know, the first one is 
a $50 million exercise. Now, bear with me for a second, right? I get everyone who wants to be an entrepreneur and wants to go do this. I get them to do this exercise. At the top of your page, write 50 million bucks. Now go spend every single cent and I want you to document it. The house, the cars, the boats, the jet skis, all the cool stuff you want. Halfway through the exercise, you start to trick your mind because you're not using your current bank balance to build. You're using this fun game that's an exercise. And yes, you bought the cars and all that, but you still got 15 million, 10 million, 8 million to go. And you go, what would I do with that? You know what? I want to do this passion. I want to figure this out. I want to do this. And I take people through that exercise just to go, what would you do with it? You've got all the cool stuff out of your head, but you've got 7.5 million to go. What would you do with it? You know what? I'll start a company. I'll do this. I'm going to have operations in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and the Gold Coast. I'm going to do this. And they start getting creative. They start to get the juices going. And then we get them to go away and take that and go, yeah, you know what? That is what I'm passionate about. And then we spend the next three years going over 10 points, everything from, well, what's a minimal viable product for that? What's a business plan? What's a financial forecast? You know, how do you bring it to market? What's the marketing plan? Here's a big, a couple of big steps for everyone listening. Let's say you've got your MVP, you've got your business plan, you've bought it to market and you're revenue positive. Step number I think it's seven is I say, you have to go commission only in this business. I'm not going to pay you anymore. I'm going to come up with a compensation plan because here's what's going to happen. When you leave my business and the certainty of my salary, you're going to get there on a Monday in your business and go, what do I do? I've got no, I've got no safety net. I've got no money coming in. I want you to experience that feeling under my roof instead of under yours. Because come third Monday in your own business, when there's still no money coming in, most people can't cope with that from a psychological perspective. And that starts to eat up and they get fearful and you'll never grow a business in that state. So I take them through all that. And then when they're ready to go, we let them go and they go off and change the world. So it's a 10-step it's process and there's multiple steps in there, but it learns all areas of business, including the psychology of, you know, do I really want to leave unless I've got the revenue coming in and I don't want to make that jump. So there's a quick snapshot of it. Yeah. I love it. It must be hard to, you know, have some incredible employees come through and then there'll be half of it's in there like, yes, go pursue your dreams. And half is like, fuck, please don't leave. <laughs> there is those moments. Um, but here's the thing. And for any of the business owners listening, some people are going crazy. What are you doing? Getting people to leave your business. I said, here's the thing, right? Most of them don't crack it by that fifth year because the first MVP didn't work. Remember we talked about the guy who went and got the cafe. Guess what? That was his first iteration. He might be 80 grand into that. Yet the guy or girl who comes and works with me, I'm going to teach him along the way, but we're going to test it and we're going to make sure you don't lose 80 grand in the process. Right? So most people stay with me longer. I won't, mm. I won't say it too loud because they will all hear, <laughs> but they stay with me longer because guess what? It didn't work, but they, they, they understood the lesson and they haven't foregone their job and their salary and we find a new way to make it work. So that's, that's what the entrepreneurial journey is about. And I just give them a platform to be able to learn that in a safe environment where they don't lose everything if it doesn't go right. Mm. 
So, Michael, you've had like, I don't, th- I think you've had like all of the living legends on one of your stages, one or multiple times around the world. You've had Tony Robbins, Richard Branson, like, uh, yeah, Tom Bilyeu last year. That was the event I was at. Like, just everyone and anyone. So, throughout the years, I'm assuming that you've become like masterful at networking. And so, I'd love to hear a little bit about this. Like, how do you manage to have, the most highest profile speakers, trainers, coaches in the entire world on your stages. Like how did you go about building these relationships, connecting and networking? Because so many people do it right. And so many people fuck this up. I'd love to hear how you go. Yeah. Look, it's, it's a, it's an important piece of the puzzle because, you know, business development is important. Now business development for me with the hat that I wear is making sure I've got some of the most iconic people on the planet you know, on our stages, virtual or, or real stages. So I've had to I've had to invest a lot of time to get proximity to these people. Now, having a great partnership like Tony Robbins helps that because when Tony rings somebody and says, hey, Laney's going to come around, you should spend some time with him, that helps, right? Mm. But then there's people that I don't have a connection to and I need to find proximity. Do you mean, here's a, here's a real story, Jay Shetty, Uh, 2018, I heard he was going to be at a very, very small event in Dubai. The day before the event happened, no, two days before the the event happened, I jumped on a plane and just raced over there and I landed the morning of the event or whenever it was on, right? And there was only 40 people in there. I paid for the event. I got there. I bought my videographer with me. We just jumped on a plane and went. In between the breaks, we just connected. Now I, I had a I had a plan and a mission and you know to make sure I could do stuff with Jay, but he wasn't aware of that at the time. So you know by the end of that trip we you know we caught up, we had coffee, we did all this. Two years later, last year, I finally did something with him. But every time I went to Los Angeles, I'd ring him up and go, "Hey mate, I just want to come and give you a gift. I want to come and do this." He wanted to do some stuff. And I pulled some strings on my side to help him um, do some things that I knew I could have an impact on for him. It took me two years to add value, have proximity and build a connection for us to finally do some stuff together. And now we do some cool stuff, but you, you got to invest in it. Here's another real life example. It's just crazy. It's taken me two and a half years and I still haven't done a deal with this person. You know who he is. Everyone knows who he is. He's got more than a hundred million followers on Instagram. I've spent $45,000 with trips to Los Angeles to try and get proximity to him. And I've got conversations and I've now met him and we've done all this stuff. We haven't bought anything to the market yet, but it took four or five trips, 45 grand working with trying to get a way to make it work. And we still haven't done it yet. So my lesson for everyone is you've got to invest in ways to get proximity to people. You've got to add more value to them before you can actually profit. How do you bring value? How do you close the gap on getting them to be where they want to be? Another great hack I use is I will donate to their charities Something amazing happens when you pony up and give five grand to a charity and they go, dude, I can see you here, Michael Lane and Success Resources donated to my charity. I'm so grateful for that. I, you know, how do you find ways to outside of DMing and in their comments have the same kind of connection and impact? 
And that's something that I've learned and really mastered over the last only really five years, to be really honest. And it's got me in the inner circle of a lot of cool people. Mm. And then you've got to figure out how you scale their message. And that's what we've been working on. Is there a certain way or do you have a certain way of kind of connecting with people? So let's say Jay, for example, you fly all the way there. Yeah. There's only a small amount of people there, but is there a certain thing that you do in a way to sort of become more noticed, become more like more of a likable person. So when you leave that day, they remember you. Do you have some like tips and tricks like that? Look, be authentic. Don't go there and show up and have a contract and try and <laughs> sign them up. I, here's the thing. I said to my team the other day, I have a, I have this amazing ability to take two and a half years for a deal to get done. Now, I don't know if that's just me or that's how long deals, real good deals take. Um, but I know it's going to take two and a half years. I know it's going to take time, energy, effort. But when that deal comes off, typically it's a $50 million deal. So the two and a half years makes sense, right? It works, it works out. All right. It works out. <laughs> but no, turn up, be super authentic. You know, don't oversell yourself, try and build a relationship, try and make an impact. You know, I remember saying to Jay, if there's anything I can do to help you scale your message outside of what I do, let me know. Here's an example. He, I ended up getting on and having a call with his agent um, and I helped them structure this deal because they were going to start to monetize his speaking fee. And I said, Jay, if there's anything I can do to help you, he said, hey, do you mind talking to my agent and giving him some idea on what the market is at? How, how much should I charge? You know, I invested time. Last time I was in, in um, two times ago in Los Angeles, I sat down with his team and figured out, here's how you structure the model. Well before we'd even done anything. So I'm just offering massive value. What can I do to help you with your message? Scales, any connections I can bring? You'd be somebody who's more of a servant, you know, um, than a something that's self-serving tends to work out for you. But do you have the chops to wait two and a half years? Because mm -hmm. that's time invested. Now, for me, it's worked out, but most people try and get a deal done on the first encounter. Have a longer term approach, getting back to the 12 years, getting back to the 20 years. You're not, you don't need to transact tomorrow. If you got that big deal across the table in two and a half years and it sets you up for the next 10 years, it's worthwhile investment. So hopefully that will help some people on, on that strategy. Yeah. And out of all the people you've met, if you were to narrow it down to one person, who's, who's made the biggest like impact or, or given you the best advice? It's got to be Tony Robbins. Oh, um, yeah, of course. <laughs> it has to be, right? Um, yeah. Tony's the type of guy... And this is our big lesson I hope everyone gets. We've talked about passion. We've talked about obsession. We've talked about a longer term view, not a shorter term. Tony was the one who really got me to understand this is you've got to have a mission that's bigger than you and it's going to change humanity, not change your community, not change your country, not change your bank balance, not change your, you know, environment. What's going to change humanity. Now, if you look on all my socials right now, I've got my goal this decade is to impact a billion people through education. That's impacting humanity. So I'm now, I don't write goals for Michael Lane anymore. And I've been fortunate to build a bit of wealth, but 
how can you sit down and write a goal for a new car when you've got a goal to impact a billion people, right? It just doesn't compute. So I'm, I appreciate this people early on their journey today, listening to this, but at some point there's going to be things pulling on your heartstrings to go, dude, you're bigger than this. You're bigger than the car, the business that you've created. I was fortunate with Tony to go, when are you going to get over this game you're playing and start to look at how you can impact humanity? And I'm like, damn, okay, uh, I'm not there yet, but give me a bit of time. And, and I got there. So if you're listening now, I've given you a whole heap of different things to think about. But after that 12th year where you can sit back and take some perspective, I want you to think about that. How can I change the industry? How can I impact society? How can I change and evolve humanity? Look at all the most iconic entrepreneurs. The reason they've created the wealth they have is because they changed the landscape. They completely, you know, thought on a different level. They scaled something that was going to impact people. That's what people need to do. And I think that's why this is so important that your podcast today and the mission today, I could have been doing a lot of things. It was most important for me to be with you today so I can share this lesson with your audience. There is nowhere else I should be but from right here. I shouldn't be meeting with Jay Shetty. I shouldn't be talking to Tony Robbins. I need to be talking to you right now so that your audience knows that this is the message they need to hear. And that's why I think I'm going to win with the long-term game uh, as opposed to the short-term game. That's incredible. And with the whole education uh, path, where do you see it going? Do you see a bit of a change? Cause you've been in nearly 20 years. Do you see, has it changed at all? Oh my God. It's changed so much, dude. When I got in, we we're selling CDs at the back of the room and books, <laughs> right? Now, you know, um, between your audience only, I'm putting um, masterminds together with Richard Branson on Necker Island at 50 grand a pop. Do you know what I mean? So the game has changed so much. You know, I think we're going to continue to see people scale amazing educations digitally. You know, here's an example. I went live uh, on my LinkedIn and didn't have uh, a shout out to people who wanted to come to an event last year. My team turned around and said, hey, within 24 hours, you got 330 people to sign up. And I'm like, oh, it's not too bad. It's just my LinkedIn. And they go, here's what's staggering. There's only 21 people who are Aussies on there. The rest is over 130 countries who bought that from that. And I'm like, holy moly, we've just created something where I went live on, on, on uh, LinkedIn and there's 130 countries and 330 people who opted into that. So the game's changed. I used to have to book out a conference facility, a stadium. Do you mean in the, in one of the biggest events we ever did was 50,000 people. I'm never I'm never booking a 50,000 seat stadium again, right? I'll, I'll do some cool stuff live when it comes back. But the message, if you've got a great message, you can scale it over this thing called the internet pretty quickly. And there's an audience that want to hear you. So it's staggering where you can take it. And so I'm, I'm so excited to see where it's going. I'm, I'm very, very excited because just with technology and, mm. and, and I think a lot more people nowadays are starting to really kind of become aware of self-development of further education. Um, you know, when I finished school, I was like educate, I was like, I don't want to learn anything. And then I picked up my first self-development book and I become addicted. I was like, this is incredible. I never not, I didn't not like learning. I just had to learn about things that were actually beneficial to me. 
That's, That's it. Great. We're all the same. I love it. Michael, this has been absolutely incredible, man. You've, you've given us so much value. So I appreciate you so freaking much. Um, where can everybody find you, follow you on social media and come along to one of these events? Look, um, yeah, I'm on all of the usual channels. I'm uh, Clubhouse, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. The handle's the same everywhere. It, it's uh, at It's Michael Lane, I-T-S Michael Lane. You can come along and say hello. Um, so, yeah, if there's anything I can do to help someone, DM me. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help you on your journey. Amazing. Perfecto. Okay, to wrap this up, I've got one final question for you. Are you ready? Sure. Okay, if you were to go back to your 18-year-old self and give him 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? Identify your passion as soon as possible. Build it 12 at 10. Let me start again. Find your passion as quick as you can. Put a 20-year lens on it. By the time that you're about 30, 32, it's going to all work out. But as long as you stay committed, you don't get distracted. Don't think of five other business ideas to do. Stay at that one thing, constantly iterate. And when you're in your 30s and 40s, then you can start to have some fun. Thank you so much for listening. Guys, if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful, then please send them my way. I'd absolutely love to have them on the show. As Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want. So that's why each month I'm choosing one lucky person who has left a review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me. So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.